In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles on Tojinet. <clears throat> I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, all the way from somewhere buried in the deep snow, <laughs> the queen, queen of a blonde bombshell herself, and Ronway Kerrigan. Oh, hello. <laughs> hey, you made it, huh? I made it, I made it. I sloshed my way through the snow and, and you know, slid down hills and climbed mountains, and here I am. <laughs> and I just got power back at my house. I'm at my brother's right now, so that's the good news. Is my phone all right because I'm getting complaints? Oh, I did hear you kind of cut out a few minutes ago. Oh. Uh, Viking says you're better now, though. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> who knows? It's to be expected up in uh, Winter Wonderland. How, how much snow did you guys get? Yeah, we got close to 20 inches, probably. Oh, God, wow. Maybe more. Wow. You had even more than us. No, it wasn't fun, no. No, it hasn't been a fun day, but we're very happy to be here now. <laughs> mm. So, um, it's better, thank you. I'm not I'm not spinning around quite so much now, but uh it's it's been a crazy week. <laughs> so like you're a dizzy blonde now, right? I'm really a dizzy blonde, yes. Yes I am. I'm still a little dizzy, but uh, you know, we're on an upswing. <laughs> there you go. I'll always be a little dizzy. But all my friends know that, so you know. Anyway, uh, we have a great show today. We have a young lady uh, by the name of Judith Joyce, and she has written uh, the field guide on the paranormal. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, Wiser Books have written, well, they didn't write it. They actually (laughs) published a series of books called The Field Guides, Mm -hmm. and this one is on the paranormal, and it's written by uh, Judith Joyce, and I know there were a couple of others. There was one on vampires and one on ghosts as well. In fact, and witches too, I believe, too. But, uh, yeah, Buckland, the guy who started the spiritualist movement just about, uh, he's one of the big names in it. uh, Right, that's the other one I saw. Yeah, so he, yeah. He, it was interesting. Anyway, Very good. so here we go. So why don't we uh, bring on this uh, 
young lady uh, by the name of Judith Joyce. All right. Hello, okay. Judith, are you there? I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm very happy to be here. Hi, Judith. Uh, I'm just so impressed by all the snow you've had. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost I, paranormal. <laughs> I don't know if impressed is the right word for oh. me. <laughs> you know, it's just another day in the park for people from New England. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I mean, I grew up with it all my life. I mean, it's a pain in the ass, but... No it, big deal. Yeah. yeah, it's no big deal. Seriously. Oh, well, if, I'm not from New England, and that sounds very impressive, 20 inches. Well, you know, I I got I have a photograph of uh, my neighbor and myself shoveling. Uh, God, it must have been back in the seventies, and uh, the snow pile that we are shoveling is I gotta say three to four feet above my head, which oh, and wow. I'm over, and I'm over six foot tall, so <laughs> should give you an idea. Wow, was, was that the blizzard of seventy eight? I, probably, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I've been around so long. I'm old and endure it. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just too too long, too long to know, huh? Yeah. Start I mean, blending together. <laughs> all the storms. <laughs> you know what? Light blends together. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting yeah. thing. Hey, you know, I'm actually thinking about. You know, I'm, this is kind of like not in the paranormal, but more in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about life in general lately and trying to understand it. And it's not easy, of course, but uh, I think I'm starting to finally get a a handle on a lot of it that uh, I didn't really understand before. But, you know, a lot of people believe that, you know, your fate is determined when you're born. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, 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 you know. Or that you choose your destiny. Yeah, and, and, you know, what? it, it, it seemed right for a lot of reasons, but then I realized that, you know what, we actually determine our destiny. And and kind of bear with me on this. Um, did you ever uh, play the game of uh, Spider Solitaire? On and you know it's a it's a game that you get. I, most I know. Of. I I know what it is. I I've seen people play it. I've watched people play it. I, okay. I am not. It, yep, it's I've, a, I've played it's a, it. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Do Do you know that every game you can win? Yes. Hypothetically, yes. Hypothetically, you, you yes. can win. Of course, yes. But why don't you win every time? <laughs> you're you, playing yourself. That's a good question. You don't make the right choices. Yeah. Well, well it, you know what? It isn't go down to right choices or wrong choices. It's the choices you make. Well, you maybe you're not. Maybe winning isn't always the goal. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I kind of think. Like. Life is. I mean, one of the greatest gifts we we were given by God or, or nature or whoever mm-hmm. you want to believe is is our free choice. Yeah. And in all our lives, we do it. And it's a really shame now because you know nobody takes blame for anything or yeah. or owns up to anything nowadays. It's always somebody else's fault. But really, in life, there are so many choices that. We really, we make them all, every day, every mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. we make choices. It's, mm-hmm. think, look at it this way. Uh, somebody goes into a plane and the plane crashes, and either they're the only one that gets killed or they're, they're the only one that right. survives. And people say, oh, they were lucky, or, or I guess it was their fate. But not necessarily. It, it's, it's not their fate. It's decisions that they made all their lives that brought them to that point. And I'm not just saying good or bad. It's it's 
it's where they are. Basically, you know, what got them to that sit in that particular seat? You know, I mean, if they had bought their tickets 10 minutes later or had they, you know, what, sure. what circumstances? All through our life, we have all these little choices that we make, and some of them seem so insignificant. No, you know, I really identify with that, actually. I mean, and this would be, you know, synchronicity because that what you're saying means something to me personally because there was a point in my life where I looked around and I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was looking at saying, but why? Why am I not happy with certain things? There's nothing wrong with them. You, you know, there's no reason for me not to be happy. And I realized that it was because I didn't choose them. I, I sort of inherited them, or let uh-huh. other people make choices. And I went along. And at that point, I decided to start consciously making choices. Mm-hmm. And we make choices. All the time. Exactly. But but often we're not consciously doing it. it it's just you sort of do it almost like an automatic pilot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean I mean and this does relate to the paranormal. One of the things I wanted to do with this book was to make um, the people, the personalities, who are you know sort of the famous stories of the paranormal. But to really, even though it's a small book, they gave me the room to describe the people in depth. And the story that I'm thinking about, and when you and it came into my head because you were talking about New England and the snow, and of uh-huh. course there's so many paranormal, classic, famous paranormal stories that involve New England. And you know, you could argue that as influential as Roswell in New Mexico is New Hampshire. With mm-hmm. Barney and Betty Hill, right. and that whole story of how they got to that point is choices. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a storm, and they chose to go home because they were on vacation, mm-hmm. and and they didn't have to. They could have, you know, looked for a motel, and none of this. You know, maybe they would not have had their experiences, and no one would ever know their names. I know, mm-hmm. but they heard there was a tropical storm, and they decided that they should go home, and they chose the route that they went home, and, and you know, here we are discussing them. So it's right. all those tiny little choices. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if Kennedy never went to Dallas. Exactly. Right. Right. Or, or, or if he had postponed it for an hour. or, or Oh, right, know. exactly. Even, even a delay in time. I mean, it's, it's so mind-boggling there, when you think about There's a story it. that has always stayed with me. Um, it, is, it occurred in the early 1980s. It was a news story in New York City of a woman um, near Columbia University. She was walking near Columbia University, and a brick fell out of a wall, hit her on the head, and she died. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and just think, and she's like 28 years old. Just mm-hmm. think of, I mean, if she had stopped to tie her shoelace. Mm-hmm. Because that brick had to hit her in exactly the right spot. Right. What yeah. are the odds? If, if she had seen a scary-looking guy and decided to walk a little faster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could have been anything, but she was, it, was, it was that moment. There she was. There was the brick. It's very, you know, it really yeah. makes you think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, life is so interesting anyways. So mm-hmm. I don't... I, but, Judith, anyways, this book is kind of cool. It, it, it talks about abductions, talking about uh, what's his name and what's her face. It's like kind of the greatest of the paranormal. <laughs> yeah, it is. Apparitions, ESP, synchronicity, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of 
stuff. Well, you know, the paranormal such as is broad. I mean, I mean, it's the paranormal is really anything that defies easy no. classification. You know, all the big questions. You know, what happens? Are we alone in the universe? Is there, a, you know, life after death? Is there life on another planet? Is you know, uh, it, all these huge questions, really big philosophical questions. It's, it's really very interesting. Right. No, I, I haven't, um, Judith, I'm sorry, I have not read this book, okay. and I'm going to have to read your book. You know what, in all fairness to Anne, usually I dump the guests on her at the last minute, and she, <laughs> she has no time to do any research. Like, and, and, Whoa! But I do have time to go out and Google the book and, and see what it's about and read some reviews, and I saw a really nice review um, today um, that said, that they felt it was to your credit that you tackled the full spectrum of paranormal phenomena rather than selectively focusing yeah. on just isolated aspects. Um, so I thought that I thought that was a nice thing for the reviewer to say. My favorite review, because I wasn't intending this, but my favorite review, someone wrote that I creeped the, the not me, but the book. Um, I guess they were reading it at night and it creeped them out. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't trying to do that, so I, I, I'm very pleased. <laughs> that That is like the coolest compliment because yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. in our books, uh, uh, the first one that came out, Ghost Chronicles, um, the, the woman said, she, I, I, can't, I can't read this if I'm alone in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really high tolerance for these kind of stories. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, this is not the sort of thing that, you know, I, I, I can hear these late at night. They don't, so I, I, maybe I don't have a sense of what other people, um, but, right. but they're very interesting um, stories. And I, I, my only problem is I wish I, I wish I had had 200 more pages because there are so many other things you could keep writing about. Oh, right. Just right. this vast, vast. Well, let, let me ask you this, Judith. When when they gave you the the book yeah. uh, deal, did did they put a number of pages in words that you could do? No, but it's it. This is the most recent book in a series. There are, I think, this is the sixth book in a series. So mm-hmm. I, you know, they showed me the earlier books. Right. So I had a sense. You know, I'm, I'm following in the footsteps. I don't know what it would be like to. You know, Ray Buckland wrote the first one. Right. So, and we, we had him in our show. Actually, yeah. you, you know what? I, I'm looking at the books, and it's one of the thicker ones. The only one that's close to it is uh, actually a good friend of yours on my end, and that would be uh, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Judah, Judica Isle. Yes. Um, I mean, those, are, to me, was the only larger ones. So, I, you know, you, yeah. you, got a, you got a good lot of it. And, and, and so... People are saying, okay, what's in this book? I mean, you're talking about it. What's in it? So you know. it is, why don't you give us a little synopsis overview. of it? It is an overview of the paranormal. So it has um, ranging from issues of spiritualism, so the Fox sisters and the various uh, famous mediums. And there are also entries on some of the more interesting ghost hunters, the more, um, you know, there's an entry for Harry Houdini, um, and also for Arthur Conan Doyle, who a lot of people aren't aware, was very, very involved in spiritualism and in in trying to establish contact with um, those who have passed over to the other side. Uh, Well, if anybody did any research on Harry Houdini, then they know about Arthur Conan Doyle. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what people make, it's very interesting because I was, the Jewish Museum in New York City has an exhibit right now on Harry Houdini. And every exhibit on him, and the point with Harry Houdini is that in addition to being this 
brilliant escape artist, he had a fascination with life after death. Uh, he was friends with many mediums. The Eddie brothers were the ones who taught him how to do it. He was, it. He was also enemies with many mediums. <laughs> he, he was uh, one of the first and very assertive debunkers. He hated... Hello? Oh, you're still there. I'm still here. Is that bad? Oh, no, 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 we lost, okay. Oh, good, um, we're all. <laughs> no, he hated any sort of, you know, you know, he was kind of very honest about, it, you know, his magic wasn't magic, there were tricks, and he didn't like frauds, and um, I, I think that he was, he was willing to be convinced of life after death, but he wanted it to be sincere. Exactly. He, well, he, he had a personal yeah. stake in it because he was very close to his mother, and when yeah. his mother died, that's when he got all involved. I mean, Arthur Conan Doyle was a friend of his. and, and He was a very close friend of his. Well, the, the incident ended their friendship um, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, he, uh, the, the thing is, it was really interesting because I was at the museum, and there is a picture of Arthur, Conan, of Arthur Conan Doyle, and the docent went by, and... You know, she may have been a volunteer, but she was saying, "Oh, you know, this is people are surprised." But Arthur Conan's, Conan Doyle's wife was a medium, and you know, and people have this it, it, now, but also during his lifetime, it, it was very frustrating to Arthur Conan Doyle. People assumed that he was Sherlock Holmes. They assumed <laughs> that you know he was this really rational, you, you know, man who had no truck with anything. Paranormal, supernatural, spiritual, but in fact, that was the primary guiding force of his life. It, you know, it wasn't that his wife had these interests; they both did. If anything, she probably picked it up from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very interesting. So he's kind of it was the polar opposite of his character. He ran a spiritualist. Yeah, mm-hmm. he ran a spiritualist bookstore in uh, in England, and uh, he's written all kinds of spiritualist mysteries. I mean. It, he was always very frustrated that everybody was so interested with Sherlock Holmes because that was not <laughs> his, you know, his favorite work of his own work. Right. And then, and then the book also had, goes into UFO territory and alien territory and Roswell, and uh, that's I, I find that very, very interesting. And uh, Barney and Betty Hill and different types of the different types of experiences that people describe having or claim to have. Mm-hmm. So other, what is in, in this book? I mean, it, it encompasses a lot of different subjects. What's your, do you have a favorite topic? I, I, it's hard for me to choose. I, I really, um, I, I, I find the Fox sisters very fascinating. The Fox mm-hmm. sisters are probably the birth of um, spiritualism, the Rochester rappers. Uh, and I'm sure they knew about snow too. They came the from Rochester rappers. Yeah, the Rochester rappers. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, they were. You know, the young girls. They were in a house, and the house made spooky noises. And um, you know, in, in, in these stories, and I try to present it very neutrally, and I try to present all the different sides mm-hmm. because it's very hard to determine. People are very entrenched in either believing in the truth of something. Or, you know, are just convinced that it couldn't possibly have happened. But there's a lot of a he said, she said, mm-hmm. you know, with many of these stories. Who's to say? You know, the, the original story was that they heard this rapping in the house. The house made all kinds of strange noises. And it, the girls were very young, I think 14 and 11. And at some point, they 
perhaps out of frustration, perhaps just out of fun, started communicating with the noises and rapping with the noises. And and the house, whatever it was, seemed to be sentient and, and responded to them. And they would get it to like, you know, oh, you know, if the answer is yes, rap once. If the answer is twice, no, you know, rap, rap twice. And they developed this whole mythos almost of you know of of why the house was haunted people i think one of the things that people don't realize and when they talk and the you know we're going into the 19th century for the fox sisters and you know and for like bernie barney and betty hill you know the early 60s right. people, i think people now always assume that our forebears were so gullible oh you know well you know of course they believe the story they were gullible but in fact with the fox sisters they were not gullible people were always convinced that there must be a trick here. Right. Uh, they were constantly subjected to searches and, you know, body searches and forced mm-hmm. to perform under, you know, observation. And even though people are convinced and are still convinced, no one could ever prove if it was fake, how did they fake it? And there right. are stories about toe cracking now, and oh. you know, which, which may be true, you know, who knows? But, but, but no one has ever been able to reproduce it in the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. You know what, Judith, it's really weird, but, you know, if you, a skeptic is mm-hmm. not a skeptic, I take that back. It's, it's someone who does not believe, and, you know, if a ghost came up to him and slapped across the face, it wouldn't right. believe. Right, right, Sometimes there are explanations more ridiculous than accepting that it's paranormal. right. 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 In the case of the Fox sisters, there were actually uh, there were only two Fox sisters in the house the night they started to communicate with the ghost. They were forced to leave their house. Their neighbors assumed that this was some sort of witchcraft. They were thrown out of their church. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very dramatic. They had death threats against them. They okay. were sent to live with relatives, and they had a much older sister who took them in hand, and they were constantly, you know, it, it's equivalent to the paparazzi. You know, the 19th century equivalent, people were constantly coming to their house and interrupting them. And the sister was a piano teacher and had completely lost her income because no one wanted their kids to be associated with this family. And Mm -hmm. she was really the first to decide, well, you know what, if people are going to come and examine us, they may as well pay a dollar. Right. And, And she was the first person to really create professional mediumistic shows. There ended up with a lot of ill feelings between the sisters. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to know um, at, at this juncture how, because one sister would eventually claim that they had been faking it and then take it back. They always had financial difficulties. They had a lot of, um, there were a lot of family dynamics. Mm-hmm. It, it's very hard to tell how much, you know, who was telling the truth, basically. Right. Or what was the truth. Right. So, but it's very, you know, they're, they're just, you know, very, I'm surprised someone hasn't made a, a movie of them because the It movie, would be the, really interesting. Oh, yeah. Just, it would be it, great. You know, yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't there be three actresses? You've got this great story. Yeah. And, I mean, you have to think about for women mm-hmm. in that era, okay, I mean, women didn't work. Women, no. women Stayed at home and and were mothers. Well, they should and, be. And, and, <laughs> and no one and no one asked for their opinions. Right, and, right. 
So you have to imagine how difficult it was if these two girls were, you know, tossed out of their home, mm-hmm. and how were they supposed to support themselves? And then they go and live with this other sister who's li- trying to make her living as a piano teacher, which was yeah. probably, you know, walking the line. Well, her husband had left her. Oh. She was left with a small... She had a child. I mean, there's actually a fourth young lady in the story. Mm-hmm. The fourth, because she, there's about 20 years difference between, in the age between, the, she was the eldest of eight children, oh, and wow. then the, the fox, the, the two girls who were in the house were the youngest. They were the ones left at home. Wow. And she had a daughter who was approximately their age. Her husband had left her. The third sister's name, Leah, Leah Fox. And her husband had left her shortly after she had a baby, and everybody told her to, you know, go home to your parents. <laughs> she didn't want to go. Right. And, you know, in the 19th century, this was unheard of. Yeah, you didn't do that. No, but and she she didn't, you know, she, you know, she didn't turn to any illicit uh, mm-hmm. profession either. She decided that she was going to support herself and her child by teaching piano. Right. And in the 19th century, this was so radical. That's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely radical. Mm-hmm. Do you know the story about Maggie Fox with her fiancé? No. Oh, well, it's in the book, but I mean, in short, Maggie Maggie was the older of the two girls who were in the house, and Maggie fell in love with an Arctic explorer, American hero. You know, they ran into each other, and they had this very dramatic love story, and their letters are still, you know, you can read their letters now. They are available for the public, and the link is in the book. But um, he came from this very elegant mainline Philadelphia family, mm-hmm. and although he loved her, he couldn't bring her home right. because she was a working woman. Ooh. Essentially, to be a medium was to be an actress because, uh, right. you, you know, she was on the road and she was, you know, with, mm-hmm. with people in, on chaperone. She was only chaperoned by her sister, and he could never bring her home. His family never accepted her. He... One of the reasons she had such financial difficulties is he made her promise to abandon her career, uh-huh. which she did. It was one of the, the the divisions between the sisters because once she abandoned it, basically the act had to split up. Right. But he did not want her to work. He wanted her to deny, you know, he, he encouraged her, although she was raised a Presbyterian, and he was not a Catholic. He encouraged her to convert to Catholicism because of the strong rules against raising the dead. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's a very, very tragic story. And then he, he died very young, and he was away from home. They may or may not have been secretly married. Mm-hmm. He apparently left her a bequest in his will, which his family, you know, as soon as he was dead, pretended they had never heard of her. Ah. And, uh, you know, so so it really... Well, you know, you're going to hold that thought, because we have to take a break right now, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles on Doji.net, Ghost Channel and Beyond. We'll be right back in the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet. Radio with a cutting edge. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. Now this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official Classic Hits Countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. 
We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all. And the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. And we are back with Ghost Chronicles Next Generation and mm. our guest, Judith Joyce. Uh, hopefully she's still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We, we brought up the Fox Sisters, and, of course, uh, I want a shameless plug of my new book called Ghost of Day, but we actually have an entry on the Fox Sisters, and that would be November 22nd, 1904. And I guess uh, originally when they were doing this rap and they made contact mm-hmm. with a peddler. Yes. And yes. supposedly uh, he was murdered. And he had... he claimed, yeah, he, he, they asked, you know, the, the ghost in the house to identify himself, and he identified himself as a peddler who had been murdered in the house and gave yeah. details. And uh, actually, the family who he claimed, you know, he identified who his killers were. Which and, is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And, well, they, they threatened legal action for slander. So, I mean, they didn't, they didn't take this lying down. They, they threatened legal action against them. And it, it, they couldn't find any proof of this, but a couple years later, um, the house, a wall in the house collapsed, and they mm-hmm. discovered a skeleton in the wall. Well, oh. according to our book, <laughs> November 22nd, 1904, school children playing in the mm-hmm. cellar of the old Hydenville building that they discovered uh, the remains of the peddler, including yep. the peddler's tin uh, and uh, some other stuff. So The tin is still in the museum at Lilydale. There you go. Yeah, wow. you, can go, you can go visit it. Amazing. Yeah. Well, they should have believed them. I find, personally, mm-hmm. I find um, the extraterrestrials and the UFOs to be more frightening than the ghosts. Really? really? Yeah. I mean, that's just which I find interesting because um, Barney why? and Betty Hill. I don't know why. I guess we all have our, our creep threshold. <laughs> Betty, Hill claimed, Betty Hill claimed that she and Barney absolutely did not believe in ghosts. They didn't believe in ghosts. But they, you know, but but they were convinced of extraterrestrials. Right. So, <laughs> which I mean, I've always I found that line so interesting because you know they expected people to believe them. You know, I mean, everybody's got something that's hard for other people to believe. So you know, why not? You know, if, if you're going to sort of be open-minded, then why not? But but you know, but I don't know why. 
but I find extraterrestrials more, um, they make me more nervous. The ghosts don't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I always get asked about that. You know, what do you think of UFOs or anything else? Is, you know, I've got you know, enough problems dealing with ghosts to, to mm-hmm, right. even think about UFOs. So. Right. So it's like, a non-entity to me. It's like, well, the, 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 yeah. the, the extraterrestrials and the stories people tell and, and whether, you know, and I can accept that people are having these experiences whether or not they are extraterrestrials or something else. Right. But they are, so many of them are so horrific mm-hmm. that right. they're not, you know, they're not, they're not experiences that, that you, you would want to share. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of ghost stories, you know, you know, the, you know. There's a moment of excitement or something, but then everything, you know, for most people, sort of goes back to normal, right? You know, unless you have the house with, you know, <laughs> all the phenomena in it. But <laughs> it's, it's so funny because I think there's just like these dividing lines, and like either yeah. you're into ghosts or you're into extraterrestrial, oh, or you're into cryptozoology. So yes. pick one. <laughs> and then they overlap, because, you know, you know, there's the theory that the chupacabras are are also extraterrestrial. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, they, there is a... <laughs> and an, there is and angels, are, angels are extraterrestrial, God was an extraterrestrial, you know, whoever. Milton Berle was an extraterrestrial. <laughs> you know, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> I know. There's oh, a, we're too young. I'm bashing you. Oh, give me a break. I'm just bashing you, Rod. Hey, you know, i got to get it when I can here. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, what are some other things that are in this book that people are going to find? Crop circles. Crop circles. The, the, the two stories that people have told me that they have never heard of mm-hmm. is there is a portrait of uh, a, a Bulgarian, well, she may be Bulgarian, she may be Macedonian, that's, I guess, an argument of itself, but a, a, a psychic named Baba Vanga, mm-hmm. who... Um, Wait a minute, what's the name? Baba, Baba Vanga. Baba Vanga. Yeah, it was short for Evangelia. Um, uh, her first name was Evangelia, and, the, the, you know, that, that's a mouthful. And um, I think you should change your name to that. That's like <laughs> Baba Vanga? Harrigan. Yeah, Whatever. Baba Vanga. Baba Vanga... Um, <laughs> Baba Vanga Garrigan. Baba Vanga was um, has the reputation of being the only state-sponsored uh, oracle because even when Bulgaria was communist, the the government basically protected her and sponsored her, and she, you know, allegedly Leonid Brezhnev consulted her, and all kinds of, you know, top communist leaders came to consult her. She was a healer. She was a prophet. She foretold all sorts of things, and she has. Apparently, to, uh, left various um, apocalyptic visions of what will happen in the future that people find very fascinating. But she's not well known in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the other story is, um, you know, there's a Chinese, not a version of Roswell because it's it's a unique story, but it, it's described as China's Roswell. There were these bodies discovered, you know, if they were discovered. It's very mysterious. There there were reports of these bodies discovered in an archaeological expedition up, you know, near the this Chinese-Tibetan border. They found these, these burials of these odd bodies that, you know, some people have said might have been apes, but they were, you know, apes don't bury their dead like that. Oh, we don't know. Uh, you know, as far as we know, maybe these apes do, exactly. Um, but 
they discovered these bodies, they discovered these discs, and, you know, apparently in the Soviet Union, they tested the discs, and they think they're communiques from extraterrestrials, and the, the, the bottom line story is that apparently a long time ago, a, a alien spaceship crashed here. They were very advanced, but because it was such a remote region, they were unable to, they, they couldn't find the materials uh, or, or the craftsmanship needed to, 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 you know, fix their aircraft, and they were stuck there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is, you know, also something that, that's not particularly well known. In, in this country, but, but it's, it's very interesting. So those are probably the two, I think, the most obscure stories. Um, there's a lot of, I, I spent a lot of time I- explaining stories that are, are superficially familiar mm-hmm. because I think I, I really wanted to get go in depth because when you think about people and you actually get to know people, it's harder to write them off. E- either way, you really have to think about their stories, a lot of the mediums, you know, Daniel Douglas Hume, who is um, a very, very famous physical medium, he apparently could levitate, you know, was witness levitating out of one window, you know, third floor, fourth floor window, wow. and, and, and going back in another, floating and going back in another window, mm-hmm. and no one has ever been able to, you know, people claim, oh, that must be, you know, it must be fake, but no one has ever reproduced it. Uh, so, but when you, you get to know him as a person, it doesn't mean that it wasn't fake, but it's, it's, I think that you, you have to think more when you know someone. Right. Um, so that, that was really my goal, was to, to personalize a lot of these stories. A lot of stories that people think they know, but mm-hmm. they don't really know all the details. You know, Pete Roswell, people are very quick to dismiss certain aspects of it. Right. But, but it's a complicated story with a lot of personalities, and clearly something happened. Right. And, you know, what it is is subject for debate, or maybe none of us know, but something something happened near Roswell. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, that, that's, that was really my goal. I mean, it's, it, it is... It's, it's a very detailed book, but it is also an introduction to the paranormal. It's, it's a good book for a young reader. Right. And so much stuff becomes urban legend. You yeah. Know, it's been repeated so many times. Yeah. So that it's, it's nice to actually, you know, read and say, oh, okay. Well, when words and names become familiar, mm-hmm. you sort of, sometimes you lose the story. You just sort of assume you know. Right. You know, because it's just, you know, Roswell, everybody knows Roswell. But mm-hmm. I learned a lot when I was researching this, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I thought I knew. But the, the more, you, you know, I could probably go and research more and find out more. There's just an awful lot of information. Right. So, um, you know, the precipitated spirit portraits, do you know what those are? No. There, there are some on display in Lilydale. There, you can actually go see them. The story with precipitated spirit portraits is allegedly they were not created by human hands. The story is that um, automatic painting is when a spirit is supposed to guide the medium's hands. So, you know, the medium is doing it, but something is guiding their hands. Precipitated spirit portraits um, were created. No one, as far as we know, is creating them now. But they were created... um, in a room, there were a number of people. They, they were not done in darkened rooms, particularly. So the lights were on. There were no paintbrushes in the room. 
Hmm. Because if hands aren't creating the paintings, then, you know, what do you need brushes for? Right. right. Somebody would, the, the person, like let's say you wanted to commission the medium to create the, the portrait for you, they were usually created of people who were not alive anymore, often people who there were, there were no photographs for, although there are also famous ones. There are, there are precipitated spirit portraits of Abraham Lincoln. Um, wow. That, that may be the most famous one. And there is a book by a man named Ron Nagy called Precipitated Spirit Portraits, and there are examples. Of, I'm plugging somebody else's book, but it's a great book. And there, uh, there are, you can actually see examples of the portraits. And the medium would then, the portrait would just basically materialize in the way that a Polaroid materializes. It would take 15 minutes to an hour. People might put their hands on the canvas the same way you put your hands on a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, the image would just appear. They have been analyzed. No one can find brush strokes. They... They look like airbrush painting, but, you know, they were done 100 years before airbrush painting existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was it sleight of hand? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, but it wasn't easy. I mean, and, you know, even at that time, people were convinced that there must be a trick. But they were created in rooms with lots of people, with people keeping their eyes on the canvas. So but if it was sleight of hand, it was a really good sleight of hand. You know what? You, you do have to realize, though, that, that a lot of things that we took for as certain, like, miracles and stuff mm-hmm. in the olden days was because we didn't understand certain right. things, and then we were able to explain them later. Right. And I think a lot of this stuff has got to do with the power of the mind. I mean, yeah, I think uh, so too. There, was a, there was a a very good medium uh, he passed away. Peter James, I think his name yes. is. Yes. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I used to love him. I used to watch him in search of everything else. Big guy with a mustache, a little guy with a yes, mustache. Yes, I know. I know who you're talking about. Yes. And, and one of the things that they had was in this particular investigation in uh, Seattle or out west. Anyways, uh, they would take Polaroid shots, and there would be written messages mm-hmm. on the Polaroids when they developed. So, I mean, it's very similar to, to yeah. that in, in that, you know, there was no way to actually, you know, mock the film or whatever, because there was, there was a whole thing. But anyways, right. so it's, it's kind of like maybe, you know, maybe our minds can create this stuff that we, we don't even know it. Maybe we do have people that have this uh, ability, and well, maybe they're not even conscious of it. Right. Well, these portraits were done, you know, they're considered seances. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not traditional seances. And so, you know, it, it's possibly the power of people's minds together. Mm-hmm. Right. What happens when you focus like that? And, you know, you have two or more people in that room focusing on something. And who knows what happens when we put our minds together? You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny because this, um, have you ever heard heard of the um, World ITC? Um, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's uh, when it's, you put basically a it, TV it, channel with no picture on it. In right. The, oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Instrumental transcommunication. Yeah. Right. And, but I mean, it all kind of all of that. I mean, it's all linked together. It's yeah. It's something externally that's trying to communicate with us. So it's seizing. You know, it's seizing whatever it can. As a portal, yeah. As, as the way to come through. So, I mean, you can have these pictures. You can have film with words in it. I mean, it's, it's really, really interesting if you ever read 
about it. Um, I've just been looking at it a lot lately. Um, my friend Mike Markowitz had had said, you know, check out World ITC, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's really it's it's crazy stuff, but it's everything that we're talking about. There's an entry in the Wiser Field Guide to the Paranormal for Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. Of because course. People, yeah. people don't appreciate from our vantage point, or these are the things that are sort of, you know, edited out of the school books. Mm-hmm. His original goals were spiritual. He was convinced that he was going to be able to, you know, it was the same, the same period where the, the, these dramatic revolutions in communications, the telegraph, um, and why not? If, if you could speak to someone across the country, right? why couldn't you speak to someone across a dimension? Right. On another plane. Yeah. yeah. It's that open-mindedness. And, and he was really convinced that he would be able to create, to invent, you know, a machine that would facilitate that type of communication. The spirit card, right. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, you look at that. I mean, uh, Hammond from Hammond Castle, who mm-hmm. holds the second number of uh, patents in, in the United States, only second to Edison, yeah. and he was all involved in the same type of stuff yeah. as well. Tesla also, right. Right, right. Tesla, Tesla as well, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, so, I mean, it's interesting that we have great minds that are still involved in things that they really can't put their fingers on. I mean, it's something that's not material. It's spiritual. It's, right. it's, it's interesting. But I think when someone, someone who's that, that brilliant, yeah. I mean, you've got to believe that they have a really open mind mm-hmm. or they wouldn't be, I mean, they're inventors. They're, that's how they are. So yeah. they don't say, no, they say, why not? Let's prove it. I think, you know, someone at that level, they're not just right. going to say, oh, that's hooey. They're going to say, let's find out more about this. Yeah, that, that desire to, to, to push the envelope. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Which is so exhilarating. It is. So anyways, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles with uh, Judith Joyce, and we, she has written the guide to the paranormal. If you would like to uh, call in, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or you can join us live in the Tojinet chat room. So, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. Uh, I found the book definitely, uh, you know, not easy to put down once you start reading it. But, I, I but you can to, I tr- because I it's cool. I try to make it very clear. Yeah. You know, I tried to write very clearly because there's a lot of convoluted. <laughs> so I, I, I tried to just be very clear and just, you know, and look at things from different perspectives and offer options of, you know, what do you think? Um, you know, here here are some facts, and now what do you make of them? Because, you know, we all have our opinions, and we're, we're all entitled to our opinions, but... Um, it, it's good to push the envelope a little bit to, to even with opinions, not to be too quick to jump to conclusions about what happened, mm-hmm. but right. to but to consider to consider the options. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because when I do this radio show, uh, depending on who's on, I, I ask a lot of the questions to the opposite side of the yeah. uh, coin because it, 
you you have to if you don't yeah. challenge your beliefs or challenge your, your your thoughts then uh you know it's just like everybody agreeing you know all years man it just doesn't make sense you'll never realize there are any flaws or you might not see things the same way uh if you unless you're challenged so it's i learned a lot um i have been reading about the spiritual aspects and ghosts and apparitions all my life. So I brought a lot of information with me. I had been reading, but not as extensively, on extraterrestrials. You know, it, it, it's, it's the ghosts that, that fascinate me more. But I found uh, there's an author named Bud Hopkins, who's a, an artist who actually um, lives in New England, um, who is an artist, but who is also a UFO researcher, and I found his books very, very helpful and very, very lucid. And one of the points he makes is who is actually the skeptic? Is the skeptic someone who is willing to, you know, offer something the benefit of the doubt? Because a lot of people who claim they're spec skeptics are, are, are really not skeptics. They're just convinced that something can't be because you know, it, it doesn't fit in their worldview, therefore, you know, it can't have happened. Right, right. You know, there's no such thing, therefore, it can't have happened. But but they they self-describe as skeptics, but they're not really skeptics. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're absolutely right. Right. Or Bud is right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, 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 that, that really, um, that, that made me think. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's uh, there are so many people out there that will just, you know, they just don't want to listen, basically, or, or entertain any other ideas or thoughts rather than their own. The world is a very mysterious place. There are a lot of mysterious things. You know, you read the paper. I mean, certainly in the last couple of weeks, we've been, you know, all the, you know, the birds falling from the sky. <laughs> right. There's birds. Well, we, oh, all, we, yeah. all know that, we all know that that's just, you know, the beginning of 2012, so that's not, exactly. you know, I mean, that, that's <laughs> Armageddon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the world is full of these interesting things, and it's very possible that we just don't know the answers yet, maybe in 100 years. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, we're just maybe just not, we haven't gotten to the point of comprehension yet. Mm-hmm. But um, But to deny that, to be so quick to sort of deny that these things could have happened, that everyone describing these experiences must be wrong or a charlatan, you know, just because you don't believe it. Right. That's kind of pushing, you know, credibility, too. Oh, right. Right. Absolutely. Well, Judith, I just want to, uh, is there a, if someone wanted to, um, you know, find out more about your book and you, and how, is there a website or anything uh, they could, you know, find you at? Uh, I am actually in the process of building a website. The website is not up yet. They can contact me through my publisher, Wiser Books, also oh, in yeah. New England. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is available wherever fine books are sold. It's, it, you know, it's, it's an easy book to get. Mm-hmm. And, and the website is forthcoming. Oh, cool, Excellent. cool. Good. And uh, now you told me you, you, you're really a ghost girl, right? Yeah, that's where my heart is. That's cool. <laughs> well, I've so, had, I have had personal experiences of ghosts. Mm-hmm. I have not had personal experiences of extraterrestrials, and I would prefer not to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> me either. <laughs> you know, I've had personal experiences of ghosts. I mean, I, I, I know what I experienced, and I, you know, I, you know, I, I assume I'll have others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that doesn't, I mean, I think, I think, Ghosts and that sort of um, 
spiritual entities are, are just part of life. Exactly. You know, we call them paranormal, but because, you know, they are outside perhaps the mundane, but I, I, I think they're just part of, I mean, they're just here. They're normal. I think you just have to learn how to, you know, providing they're not, you know, but it's like people. When people behave badly and are destructive and and cause other people harm, you you have to take steps to stop that. Right. But most people don't behave like that, and I think most ghosts, you know, the standard ghost doesn't behave like that. Clearly, if you have a ghost who is threatening you, who is, you know, becoming harmful, that, that's a situation that has to be dealt with. But, you know, most of my ghost, well, I, pretty much all of my ghost experiences have been just, you know, there they are. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I so, it. Judith, let me ask you, have you ever lost time? No. But I know someone who did. Um, and did, did they mock that up to UFOs? No. See? No. No, I mean, I, 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 the, per, the person who lost time lost time because of a health issue mm-hmm. um, of, of some sort, which was never clear. Uh-huh. Uh, but she did lose approximately an hour, which upset her very much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was suggested that, you know, she could find the time through hypnosis and she didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. But no, no, she did not put it down. But I, I don't think she was thinking in that way. I mean, it's an older woman and she wasn't thinking along those lines. Right. I, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I, I lost time. I, I lost an hour. Yeah. One time in my life, I left the house, got home, uh, made, made a phone call, and it was an hour more than it should have been. Um, but I didn't mock that off to UFOs. But if someone was looking for evidence of UFOs, they would pick this and say, oh, see, this is, you were abducted and you didn't even know it, yada, yada, yada. So they, well, that, they, that, is, that is where, you know, that is where Barney and Betty Hill Oh, I understand begin. that. I, you know, I mean, that, that is what bothered them the most initially. Mm-hmm. And, and they, at least Barney, well, you know, they claimed that they were not thinking about UFOs in the beginning, mm-hmm. but that missing time, that feeling that you don't know, you know, you can't account for your whereabouts or you can't account for what you did, it's right. very upsetting. Oh, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's the person, basically. Although, I mean, like, there are people who drink, you know. I mean, it's not uncommon for people who drink. Well, right. right. They could black so, out. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. it is a very common... I mean, in another life, I'm a crisis counselor, and it is not uncommon for people with substance abuse issues. Uh, you would have a blast with me. I can... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't know where they were. I mean, they wake up in the morning, and they don't know what they did. It, it is it is yeah. very upsetting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I hate to tell you this, Judith, but we ran out of time. Oh, that was fun. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, it, was, it was a blast to have you on, and, uh, you know, keep in touch, and uh, we'll have you My on pleasure. again. Oh, you're that very, was wonderful. Thank you. Good very, night. Very oh, interesting. Good night, Judith. Yep. Stay warm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll try. <laughs> good night. Bye-bye. Good night, Judith. Thank you. Well, you were listening to Judith Joyce, and she wrote the book, The Field, uh, the Wiser Field Guide to the Paranormal, which is pretty cool. It's actually uh, one of uh, several in the series, including uh, The Field Guide to Ghosts, Witches, and uh, uh, Vampires, and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, it's worth picking up. Anyways, so Definitely. time's running out. Uh, uh, again, yeah. it went so fast. She was a really interesting guest. 
And, uh, oh, for those who don't know, uh, we have a couple of events coming up. Uh, Saturday, we will be at the Inn Magnolia. I mean, that's where that time warp took place. Woo-hoo! <laughs> at least the dams. Uh, that's on Saturday. Uh, and uh, on the third Tuesday of the month, of course, is the Paranormal Study Group at the Circles of Wisdom. And uh, the Monday, the 24th or 25th, whatever it is, is Dining with the Dead with EVP Specialist Jim Stone here. So uh, go to the website, neghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and you can see our whole schedule there. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. What, are you, what are you up to? Uh, this uh, this weekend, I'm off to my face painting conference in Connecticut. Oh, God, how sick. <laughs> that is evil, I tell you. That's evil, young evil. lady. We'll have people people having demonstrations outside, saying really? face painting, no body painting. It's going to be yeah. fun. One of these days, you're going to have to paint my face. Uh I don't know, Ron. I can't improve on perfection, right? There you go. There you uh, go. You're saying the right words. I'm liking it. <laughs> well, uh, you have good luck digging yourself out of your snow, and I'm going to work on mine. All right. And I'm glad you got your uh, electricity back so you can have a warm house tonight. Yeehaw. <laughs> so I guess till next week, it's time to wrap it up and say good night and God bless everyone. All right. Good night. Take care. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, things that go bump. <laughs>